Hello and welcome to the Peter O'Halloran podcast episode 5. Now for anyone watching the video cast of this, I am sorry, the quality looks dreadful and I will be purchasing a HD camera. Today's show I will be touching on a subject that bugs the absolute life out of me and that is the rise of the unqualified social media fitness experts. My special guest on today's podcast has an amazing backstory and is proof that dedication, hard work will get you to the top. All the way from Los Angeles, California is Hollywood's top trainer to the stars known as Eric the Trainer. So let's kick into the podcast. First of all, I want to talk about the unqualified fitness experts or more so the unqualified nutrition experts. Just yesterday, some followers sent me an Instagram post of a PT and inverted commas nutrition coach showing clients results after two weeks. The picture looked very deceiving, but instead of my usual calling them out, which I do with companies and all that, I sent them a message so they can explain themselves. I wrote, why lie? That person then responded to me basically saying, it's not a lie, and she thinks her methods are better than anyone else in the country, hands down. She also referred to herself as shit hot and asked her where are her awards and that I need to get back in my box because the queen is in town. (laughs) So I asked her what qualifications she had in nutrition and she said she is extremely qualified. You can just picture walking into that person's house and a big cert on the wall saying, nutrition, extremely qualified. Sorry love, but my four year degree in nutrition is longer than your time in this industry. And the things that will get you to the top in this game is education, self-belief, and confidence. Being cocky and delusional won't get you anywhere. When I asked how much weight the lady was down in the pic that she shared, she said she doesn't take weight. But there on her page under the majority of other clients is their weight. So I don't know. She told me to go look at her page um, as she's banging out photographs of clients all the time, which I did. And on that, I've seen more lies again. First off, this person reshares client photographs from 2018 and 2019 with conflicting timeframes. Now, if you're self-proclaiming to be the best, then you wouldn't have to keep sharing posts from over a year or two ago. Anyway, one picture posted on Facebook said, four months client results. A few weeks later, the same picture went up on Instagram saying, eight week client results. In fact, a lot of the photos on Instagram conflict with our Facebook. It's just constantly changing the times, smaller, 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 to make it look like clients are getting results faster. Ooh, caught on that one. The majority of picks up, say, week one or two, which is a bit stupid because when you start any new diet, the first week Aww. you'll have a significant drop, and this is due to water retention, not just fat. So when you see people dropping seven pounds first week on a diet, it's mainly water. The body can't metabolize that much fat in a week. The picture this PT posted said two weeks, but it looked like the client was down over two stone in two weeks. Now, if she was, then it would be just more likely water retention because the body can't get rid of that much fat in two weeks. So, but let's do the math here, okay? Say if your maintenance calories was 2,000 calories and you cut 500 calories a day, creating a 500 calorie day deficit over seven days, which would equate to a weekly deficit of 3,500 calories. 
or one pound of fat because there's three and a half thousand calories in a pound of fat. So that's why people say cut 500 and hope for a pound a week. Perfect. Okay. Now, let's say your maintenance is 2,000 calories and you don't eat for seven days. Sucking ice cubes and smelling wrappers of food. Don't eat. That's a daily deficit of 2,000 calories, which over the week equates to 14,000 calories, which would equate to four pounds of fat. So don't eat anything for two weeks, and that will equate to eight pounds of fat. See what I'm getting at here? It's impossible, but this Instagram sensation has now defied the laws of science somehow, and is the best in the country at putting people in a calorie deficit. I'd love to ask her, does she know what the second law of thermodynamics is? Probably hasn't got a clue. Anyway, lack of education. That's the issue with the industry, unfortunately. It is full of chancers with no regulations. So how do you avoid falling for these and stop yourself from handing over your hard-earned money to someone who's not qualified? Ask them what qualifications they have and look for proof. People are qualified to do certain jobs. Going to a personal trainer for nutrition is like going to a medic to get heart surgery. If you rocked up to a hospital for surgery and a medic walked in and said, Hi, everybody. Would you let them do the surgery? Even if they did tell you that they are extremely qualified. Hi, everybody. No, you wouldn't. Now, earlier on in the message, the personal trainer said that she dealt with a mental battle for years over weight. So I tread it lightly as possible and to not make the person feel like I was arguing with them or you know attacking them which a few messages later she tells me you be careful or I'll out you which I responded with a laughy face then sends me a message saying you made my story for being a gaul for anyone listening who doesn't know what a gaul is who's not from Ireland here's what google has to say Gaul is a very useful and descriptive word used in Limerick, Ireland. Gaul is slang for vagina or pussy. As in, did you see the size of the gaul on me one, Jason? Big gaul's head on you. That's what a gaul is. I just replied with a laughing emoji and said, best of luck. But I'd like to say thanks for the out as you gave me an extra few uh, followers there. So, sound for that. Unfortunately, social media is the master of deception, which is why nutrition badly needs to be regulated in this country. But as I said, to protect yourself as a customer, ask them what qualifications they have and ask them for proof. Majority of the time, if they have no qualification, it won't be on their website. They'll just give you a story about how much they love the industry, but nothing, no qualification. So moving on, it's time to bring on my special guest. <laughs> Okay, so all the way from Los Angeles, California, Eric the Trainer, welcome to the show. <laughs> Support the Irish, the Viking hat and the Irish top. Look, thanks for taking the time to come on and talk to me, man. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, man. It's great to be here. I think we connected on Instagram about two years ago, and I, I just loved your background story. Your story is the prime example of how dedication and hard work pays off, you know, to come from a small town to becoming Hollywood's top celebrity trainer. So like, tell me a bit about yourself. Who is Eric Fleischmann? Um, I'll tell you, man, Eric Fleischmann grew up Fleischmann. on a farm in Maine 
And I'm not Irish, but I might as well be because I am the luckiest guy in America to have accomplished what I did. You know, I'm a firm believer that you should follow your passion and work hard and lead with your heart. But also, I recognize the fact that luck has a lot to do with success. I think luck has a lot to do with love and romance. You know, you just happen to be in the same place at the same time as this incredible person that now is a big relationship. But I also believe that when you're trying to make your mark on the world and do something extraordinary, maybe something that no one has ever done before, luck can be your greatest ally. And in my case, coming from a farm in Maine where we had pigs, we had sheep, we even had a donkey. Talk about like, uh, we had an ass back there. Um, trust me, my parents aren't rich and they're not famous. I had to find a way to make it all the way to Hollywood and to work with some of the most watched people on the planet. And I wake up every morning so thankful to have this opportunity because it's fun. Like it is not work, it is fun. I think you and I have something in common, even though that we live thousands of miles apart, you and I are both on a mission to help other people. It's yeah. not about us. I'm not trying to be a celebrity. It doesn't matter to me. I want to help people become the best versions of themselves. And I think people are attracted to authenticity and they sense that that's what you want to do. And it all works out. Yeah, exactly. And I, I always said that as well. Like a lot of us, we get into this industry for two reasons. Number one, you want to help people. And number two, it's a business. But the minute, the minute the business or money starts to outweigh you want to help people, you might as well just get out of the business because you know, you're, you're not right for it. It needs to be a passion. Right. I totally agree with you, man. And I've never been to Ireland, but when I go there, I'm going to tackle you and work out with you too. <laughs> yeah, bring it on, man. Bring it on. So look, tell us uh, the name Eric the Trainer. How did that stick? No one calls you by your real name any, anymore, do they? It's just Eric the no, Trainer. No, no. Actually, trust me, nobody calls me by my real name. My son, Henry, who I love more than anything in the universe, he calls me Henry. I mean, he calls me Henry. He calls me Eric the Trainer. Um, yeah, you know, I, what I did was I essentially wanted to create a persona, someone who not only could motivate and inspire people, but someone who had no, no boundaries, someone that could do anything, someone that could lift a building, someone that could eat an entire Thanksgiving turkey by himself, someone who could always be dependable, trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind. I mean, someone who was larger than life. And so Eric Fleischman professionally became Eric the Trainer. And as Eric the trainer, I am motivated, I'm inspired, I'm filled with passion. Nothing can stop me. Like seriously, like nothing can stop me in my mission from helping others. And it's that kind of drive that I wake up with every single day that allows me to be successful at my job. But realize I learned this from the greatest fitness professional of all, Mr. Jack LaLanne. Jack LaLanne had a show on television for over 30 years where he spoke about the importance of exercise, diet, sleep. And it was at his knee that I learned. He was already in his 90s when we got together. He said to me, sort of like an offhanded comment, hey, by the way, you need to have your own TV show. And I was like, what? My goal is to be a trainer. I don't want to be an actor. That It doesn't turn me on at all. I don't want to be an actor. I'd like to help people and dedicate my life. He said, it doesn't matter. You need to have your own TV show because the television becomes a megaphone for your message. And I thought, oh, great. Oh, man, that stinks. You know, I don't want to be a TV host. And it was, it was not something that was on my, on my list. It wasn't even on my radar. Six months later, I get a call from a group based in Chicago saying, will you host our TV show? It's a health and fitness show. It involves celebrities. 
that was six years ago. So I've hosted a show now here in the United States for six years. It went very, very well. It's behind the look scenes of athletes and, and celebrities. And it was a great, it was a great training ground for what I'm doing now, which is called Morning Glory Live. I'm hosting a brand new show. It's being produced by a six-time Emmy winner named John Brenkis, who created sports science. And uh, I'm so proud of it. It's a five-day-a-week show. We have celebrities. We have massive workouts. We have live music. We even have puppets. Like, it's awesome. <laughs> but I'll tell you, it's, for me, it's just a journey in learning how to help people on a higher level. It's so fun. Yeah, no, you can you can see just from your expression, you're loving what you're doing. Like it's, and that that's great to see. Now, I think we spoke before this, and you were saying you you've over three hundred celebrities training with you um, in your gym. Now that that's crazy. Like, what would be some of the the bigger names? And don't be afraid to drop some names here. Now, <laughs> okay, I mean, here you go. Like, if you if you like to watch television and you love actors, I've worked with the cast of Seal Team, uh, which is a huge show on CBS. I've worked with The Walking Dead. We've, we were working with this uh, one of the stars of In the Dark right now, Jane the Virgin. I mean, I've worked with so many actors over the years. It's unbelievable. My first client was Kevin Spacey. He was training for a movie called American Beauty. I mean, listen, I've worked with most actors that you see on the silver screen and the small screen. If you're into music, we work with Def Leppard, The Strokes, Fall Out Boy, Nickelback, uh, Big Time Rush, uh, Shawn Mendes. I mean, the list goes on and on. Basically, anyone that's on camera wants to work with us because we make them better. And for yeah. as good as they are, there's still a little percentage that we can raise higher. So we're on a mission of good looks and good health using only three things. The very science of change is exercise, diet, and sleep. And so we specialize in those areas. I work with a lot of celebrity chefs. I work directly with the ACF, the American Culinary Federation, that's the association of all the chefs in America. And then, of course, the White House chef, Andre Rush, that guy works out at our gym, and he and I travel together, and we try to motivate and inspire people. Believe me, you belong in Los Angeles, not in Ireland. I'm going to make a phone call as soon as we're done. All of your things will be sent here. You'll have a new job. Woo-hoo! No problem. No problem. Just give me time to resign from the Army. I'll be straight over. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think it was actually last year I was looking on your Instagram, and there you were on tour with Def Leppard. And yeah. uh, you're the guitarist, Phil Collins' trainer. Now, yeah. I think Phil is like 62 years old, but there he was on stage, shirt off, and he was ripped. Now, that's down to you, man. Um, <laughs> what, what's it like training guys like that on tour? I mean, it is so much fun. It's everything you would imagine plus more. Because remember, this is not the 70s or 80s of excess and drugs and hookers and rock and roll. Like, that is not the case. These guys are now a finely tuned machine. They eat, uh, many of them are vegan or vegetarian. They eat very healthy foods. They go to bed on the early side. Longevity is the name of the game now. Yeah. And so when I went on tour with them, I literally lived on the tour bus with them. We had such a great time. I'm a big Def Leppard fan and I'm also a big Journey fan. So the fact that Def Leppard and Journey were opening up for each other, yeah. I got to see a great concert every night. And of course, as you can imagine, Within a week or two, I was also working with the guys from Journey, Steve Smith, the incredible drummer, Arnell. Don't stop believing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that guy is so awesome. We had a great time. It, it's a really, it's a stupendous way to see the world through the eyes of a rock band. So if you ever get a chance to go on tour, man, you've got to check it out. It's cool. Uh, you're, you're, you're doing all the things I want to do. 
<laughs> well, listen, man, get out of Ireland. You know, they serve Guinness over here. <laughs> well, I'll bring it with me. I'll bring it awesome. with me. <laughs> what weight do you know? Uh, I weigh 235. 235. Like, you're a big guy, but I read on your site that you were small growing up and that you were picked on. Now, would that have been a defining factor that made you say, I want to be big? Yeah, I mean, um, more than being picked on and being small, my big issue was actually women because uh, at age 10, 11, 12, 13, I had crushes on the most beautiful girls in school. And I was short enough where if we walked around together, they looked like my babysitter and not my girlfriend. So for me, eventually growing tall and working out and becoming strong, that was a big advantage for getting girls to make out with me and to hang out with me. That was like the cool thing for me. You know, I went back to my high school reunion and I specifically went back looking for the bullies that had bothered me all those years ago, because now having three black belts and a physique that's chiseled in the gym, I wanted to give those guys a piece of my mind. I yeah. walked in, I looked for them. I couldn't see them. The, the reunion was crowded with my old classmates. Everyone was hugging me and stuff, but I couldn't find the bullies. Two hours later, the party's raging. People are dancing. Everything's going well. I looked in the back of the room. There were three short, fat, balding guys who were kind of swaying to the music, kind of enjoying it. They looked like somebody's like grandfather. They looked much older, even though we're all the same age. Guess what? Those were the bullies. And, uh, and it just gave me a peace of mind to know, you know what? Let bygones be bygones. Sometimes things just work out. And I didn't even talk to those guys. I mean, they, they didn't recognize me and I didn't want to bother them. I mean, they, they, they live very different lives. But to tell you the truth, like Peter Parker and Spider-Man, the Eric the Trainer thing gives you a nice alter ego. So uh, trust me, I am, I am against bullying. I'm against persecution. I'm, a, I'm against racism. I want the world to get along and live in harmony. And short of that, I'm going to do something about it. Yeah, uh, like I, I can kind of relate to that because growing up myself, I was bullied and, you know, I joined the army and then I kind of got into bodybuilding and I think at my largest, I was 275 pounds. Woo! Uh, but, but I, I'm six foot three, man. Like, so, but I was t 275 pounds, but I started to go down a bad route mentally. Um, I went through a bad stage of body dysmorphia and for anyone listening who doesn't know what that is, like it's a condition where you're constantly criticizing or picking at flaws in yourself. But for me, like it showed up as, you know, for me it was, I didn't see myself as large and I wanted to be bigger. And social media didn't help either because I was constantly seeing, you know, these big guys on social media. And I was, I want to be as big as them, big as them. You know, after a while I got myself out of it. But is this something that you, have you ever gone through anything like this? Or have you ever dealt with clients going through body dysmorphia? You know, I, I, I know people that have suffered from body dysmorphia, like, like you're describing, and it's, it's a terrible thing. I never went through it only because I was so small for so long. I mean, I used to run under tables to pick something up, and I wouldn't have to bend over. It was crazy. <laughs> people would say, hey, we're Snow White. Aren't you one of the seven dwarfs? So when I finally grew up to about six foot one and started working out to fill out my lanky physique, for me, it was all just positive. And, and the larger I got and the stronger I got, the more I felt like I could help other people go through the same process. I mean, I can tell you one thing that's interesting. If I'm in an airport or if I'm in a store and I see a little person, someone that was born small, like an adult, I'm one of the few guys that looks at them and feels a great camaraderie because I know what it was like to be short. 
and it was a drag. It was really, it, it, it made life more challenging. Mm-hmm. But now as a, as a normal sized guy who is trying to dedicate his life to helping others, uh, I have a great sensitivity for those people and I try to help them out. And is that, um, does that run in your family? Was it like your kind of late growth spurts, as you call it? Yes, it absolutely runs in my family. As a matter of fact, my great uncle graduated from medical school, a full-fledged doctor without ever having to shave. <laughs> okay, yes. so it's crazy. It's crazy how things can pass on, you know? I know, I know. But I did, I did do really well because when I was in high school in my first year of college, I could go to the movies for under 12, so I paid less to see the same movies that you paid full price. Yeah, but you probably have trouble getting into the bigger movies that say you're not old enough, so. Yeah, that's true, that's true. And, and forget rides at amusement parks, man. I was too small. But it all worked out, man. It, it's, it's great. It's all good, man. It's all in your favor now. I would see bodybuilding as an art form. But for you training clients, you don't have a lot of time to work like to work your art. So it'd be a mix of more like the power of illusion for you. Because when you get an actor and he needs to get in shape for a movie, what's your protocol? Because you don't have much time. So how would you create illusions or how would you work with that actor? Well, you know, it's funny that you bring that up because my daily existence at work, my daily life is I need to take men and women that you would consider to be normal. They don't look terrible, but they don't look extraordinary. I take normal people and I help them look extraordinary in days, not weeks or months. And I have no learning curve because these producers and directors and studio heads, they send them to me with the confidence that I will give them back in 13 days, in 21 days, in 28 days, completely embodying the character that's in the script. If I mess up, if I don't get them there on time, I will not work for that producer again. But guess what? They always hire me because we deliver so, so well. We have a whole protocol on physical transformation that delivers what we call physical relevance in days, not weeks or months. And once again, we're using a change in diet, specialized exercise, which when you come to Los Angeles, I'm not going to just teach it to you. I'm going to do it to you because if I can do it to you and you look in the mirror and you don't recognize your physique, I'm going to catch a guitar like this. and play a G chord. I mean, it's cool. And then also sleep. You know, many, many actors that I work with, especially successful actors, don't realize that all physical transformation occurs exclusively during slumber. So you need to sleep to change. You could almost say that sleep is to the body what what an oven is to cookie dough. Like if you and I had cookie dough and it was ready to go, we can't serve it to little kids. It first has to sit in the oven and it transforms into that crunchy dessert that we love. That's the way sleep is, man. Even if you worked out with me, even if we had Wolfgang Puck, the famous chef, make the food for you, the change occurs when you are asleep. Yeah, and that's that's one thing I was going to talk to you about because I see it a lot. You see guys, they'll eat right, they'll train hard, and they're not sleeping right. And they're wondering why they're not growing. Like your body repairs in your sleep. You know, if you're not sleeping, you're not going to grow because you're not going to repair. And you know what's going to have a knock-on effect. Right. And also, to add to that, if your mental state is off, that can interrupt your sleep. So that's kind of like your mental state being off so it interrupts your sleep is kind of like if you and I are cooking a cake in the oven and I walk by every five minutes and I open the oven and let all the hot air out, that cake is not going to cook the right way. So a lot of people walk around for whatever reasons, personal reasons, financial reasons, work-related reasons, they're very stressed. So it creates cortisol release 
and you can see it in their waist. Even if they're buff here, their waist is thick. It's a terrible look. So we try to encourage people to have stress reduction, to unplug the phone at night, to go to bed in the tens, not in the 11s or 12s. That's important, man. Yeah. No, I, I'm like that. that. That's the funny thing here, though. My wife is a night owl. She likes to go to bed at like one o'clock, whereas me, I like to go as early as possible, except for tonight. It's 12 o'clock now, but it's worth it. <laughs> but like, it's crazy. She, she can't go to bed the same time I do. I just Maybe I just love sleep. I don't know. No, no. You know what you should do? You should wake her up three mornings in a row at 5 a.m. <laughs> then she'll be going to sleep at a regular time. I, I'd like to be alive to do more podcasts. <laughs> That's a fun thing. Well, one, one thing that I really liked, though, when, when I found you first which on Instagram is your personality. You know, for anyone watching the video of this, like, or for anyone who's not watching the video, you're, you're sitting here wearing, you're wearing a, a Viking helmet and a green Irish top. Like, you're a very bright personality, but you're able to talk to people. Um, you're able to keep the, the interest of the listener. And I think that's where a lot of personal trainers fail is listening to their clients. A lot of personal trainers will try and put their agenda onto the client, like where they, where they think the client should be. And do you think that's it? That is a big issue where trainers don't listen. I think it's a huge issue. And I have trainers that come to me here in Hollywood every week, every month, and they close the door to my office and they say, Eric, I don't know what's wrong. I have all these advanced degrees. I've got all these advanced certifications. I can't seem to build a clientele. And as they're talking to me, I look at them and maybe they, they're not good communicators. Maybe they don't really like what they're doing. They're doing it only because it's a job and they need money. All those reasons turn people off. You know, people think that they're so sophisticated and that we live this highbrow life. But honestly, we're kind of like animals. And animals like to eat things that are delicious. Animals are attracted to people that they're attracted to. It's almost a chemical reaction, but also animals have this sense of authenticity and real versus someone who they get a bad vibe from. And so if you want to be a personal trainer, if that's your passion, you have to lead with your heart and allow people to notice immediately that you love people, that you're here to help, and that you're a good listener. I equate us as trainers listening to what the client wants exactly like a chef at a restaurant listening to what you want to order. I mean, when was the last time you sat down with your wife at a beautiful restaurant and they gave you a menu, but then they brought the food and you didn't even order it. That would never happen. What you say is, I would like the pasta, but I want no cream sauce, add anchovies, hold this, hold that. Like you specifically request what you want and that chef delivers it with a beautiful style. The same should be true for training. The first thing I ask, uh, potential clients is what is your goal if I had a magic wand from the Harry Potter series itself and I went ring what would you look like would you look like an athlete would you look like a UFC fighter would you look like a superhero because realize that superheroes and bodybuilders look nothing alike and so if you want to look like a superhero and you're doing all the exercises for muscle and fitness a magazine made for bodybuilders there's a disconnect going on but like a great chef, I try to listen. I try to fulfill what they want as quickly and efficiently as possible. And I tell a few dad jokes along the way because I am a dad. <laughs> I've seen some of the dad jokes on YouTube, but the thing is you pull it off. You yeah, pull it man. off. And 
One other thing I want to ask you though is what what is the industry like in Los Angeles regarding you know the so-called the unqualified fitness experts. Now, I know in Ireland, it's not very well regulated, especially nutrition, my area. You have these like influencers with very little qualifications spreading absolute nonsense or trying to sell the next magic fat loss pill. Is the industry much the same over there like that? It's actually, it's actually worse here in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, the fitness industry is filled with uh, charlatans and goofballs and, and young people who, uh, you know, who have worked out a few times and take a few pictures of themselves at a certain angle and then use a special filter. There's all kinds of goofballs here. But here's the thing, man. I think there's a true difference between internet success, meaning Instagram success, and real life success. And so there's nothing wrong if those guys want to spend their life doing that. I wouldn't want to do it. Um, I don't know how they can afford to live in, a, in an apartment and drive a car when they spend 12 hours a day trying to take pictures of themselves. I also think it's a very vapid way of living. Ultimately, yeah. I think that their hearts are probably aching because they're not really making a difference in the world. Maybe they're that vain and self-involved that that's just what they're about. But I can tell you this, there are a few of us, Harley Pasternak, Gunnar Peterson, me, there are a few of us that work with everybody that's super professional in the entertainment business. And trust me, my friend, we are slammed. We have a waiting list for clients. I mean, honestly, I just recently cut down the number of hours that I'm training at my gym, the ETT Mecca in Hollywood, because I'm now hosting this show five days a week. There's not just, there, there aren't enough hours in the day. And so instead of working a 10 hour day, like I like to in the gym, maybe I'm only there for five hours. So those five hours become incredibly valuable to some of the most watched people walking the planet. And it's, it's a mad dash to get on my schedule. So I can tell you this, the, the training world here in Los Angeles is an exciting one. I think that every, almost every major fitness trend that sweeps the globe originates from Los Angeles. Um, however, I think that if you want to see the guys that are actually the, 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 the tastemakers, the ones that are making the criteria that everyone follows, there's only like three or four of us, man. And, and, and ironically, the three or four of us are great friends. We really like each other's company. We talk a lot, uh, you know, on the phone and, and through zoom. And also uh, when we have projects like on my show, morning glory live, which I, which I uh, host every day at 10 o'clock in the morning, Monday through Friday, I've had those guys on as guests of the show. I love those guys. Like, I, I admire them. I'm, I'm, a, I'm we're, we're professional rivals, but we love each other. And they're terrific guys. They're all family guys. They've got families, great wives, great kids. And, and, then, and then as you get lower on the totem pole, then you have the cutthroat trainers that don't know what they're doing that are all fighting for the same four goofball clients. I don't really, I don't, I don't run in those circles, man. I'm here on a mission much larger than myself, and that is to help people. And every day that I wake up, I spring out of bed like a jungle cat. <laughs> looking around, trying to, to figure out how can I be better today than I was yesterday. That's a very different attitude to have. Yeah, and it's a good attitude to have. I'm like, you're, you're in this industry a long time. Like, how long are you in this industry now? You're, you're a PT. I've been a trainer for almost 30 years. Basically, I have t-shirts older than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably do. But like, the experience you've built over that, and that's what I mean with uh, the online fitness experts, some of them haven't even been on a gym floor training people and 
they're claiming to be experts and trying to train people online when they haven't even done the, the one-to-one connecting with people and right. you know, learning from your mistakes. And there are 21-year-olds thinking they know it all. And if you question them, no, they know it all. And it's just like, ah, just leave them off. You right. <laughs> it's crazy. It, it's, it's kind of crazy. But let me tell you the way it works here in America in our industry at the highest level. You know, when you're 21 or 22, and if you want to be a personal trainer, you initiate your career. Usually you're at a gym and you're working as a trainer at a gym trying to build your name. And for a number of years, you just work, 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 put in long hours. I mean, when I was 23 years old in New York City, I used to get to work at 4.30 in the morning and I wouldn't leave the gym till 10 o'clock at night. And that was normal for me because I was paying my dues. I was working hard. I was trying to help as many people as possible. So you work and guess what? If you're really, really lucky, I mean lucky, you break through and suddenly you have a name. Your name for whatever reason starts to open doors. You get offered endorsements. Endorsements are a huge part of my income. It's not just training and it's not just hosting shows, but endorsements from big companies. I'm actually the spokesperson for a company called Quest. Have you heard of Quest? Yeah, Quest Nutrition, yeah. Yeah, so for the past several years, I've been their spokesperson. They're an incredible partner of mine. I love those guys and we do fun, exciting, innovative things together. But you know, once you break through, once you've worked hard and you break through, you have a small window where you can do extraordinary things and people know who you are. And guess what? One day, it's over. It's over because you're too old. There's something new going on. Or maybe the next big guy comes up and all the attention goes away. So right now, for what it's worth, I'm in my window. I have the availability to work with the top celebrities, to work with the top companies endorsement-wise. Everything is firing the right way. And I know that someday it will be over and I will have had a super fun ride and that's cool. Because ultimately, if you're about the mission and not about yourself, it's okay. It's totally cool. But I'll tell you, man, we are having fun. We're having a lot of fun. We go to movie sets. We go to huge chef's conventions where they cook for you and it's so delicious. We go, we go to backstage at rock concerts with the biggest bands in the world. I can't complain. Uh, you're, you're living the life, man. You're living the life. I'm packing up here and I'll be over to LA. You want to give me a job, yeah, man. yeah? Dude, my gym is big enough for you to come, dude. Listen, you got to come. Give me a job. I can be the nutritionist there for uh, <laughs> ATT Mecca. <laughs> Excellent, man. What age you, do you mind me asking? No, no, I'm, I'm 51, but I call it 50 fun. Oh, man, 51. Like, uh, for anyone who, who's not looking at this video now, you look in your 30s like you do not look. <laughs> you look like He-Man. <laughs> well, dude, I feel like Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I've watched a lot of, I remember when I started following you first, I was looking at a lot of your, um, your training videos. And like me, when I started training, you know, a young guy, you think, oh, I know it all, I know it all. And then I'm looking at these, you're still up there, you're the your training science, the whole lot. And you were showing some of these, you know, half reps and you were, I remember one of them you were doing with your chest and you came down and you went one, two, three and back up, you know, keeping the tension on down the bottom. I was like, okay, I'll give that a try. Went to the gym and it killed me. And I was like, ah, brilliant. This works. You know what I mean? Um, do you develop a lot of these things yourself or would it be from old style bodybuilders like back you know, in the eighties and that kind of. It's actually though, no, that's a great question, man. Our methods are actually a combination of my experience and, and the wisdom that I've gleaned over 30 years, plus old school bodybuilding during the period of time, in my opinion, 
where men and women look the best. As a matter of fact, I challenge your listeners and your viewers to do this. Go back and watch the documentary Pumping Iron. Do you remember Pumping Iron? Yeah. Watch it with the sound off. So you're just watching it. Dude, they're doing jet reps. They're doing those half reps that you talked about. And they were smart enough to know that when you're doing a bench press, like let's say, let's just take a normal bench press. I'm holding the bar above my chest, correct? Yeah. And by the way, they didn't use thumbs. They did a thumbless grip because by putting the thumb on the other side, it actually divorces the arm from the exercise and it goes right into the pectoral. Now, as I come down, I touch the chest and I come back up. Now, let me ask you, what is the hardest part of that exercise? At the bottom? Yes, at the yeah, bottom. at the push leg, yeah. Correct. So guess what I do? I go all the way down to the bottom, come up an inch. Back down to the bottom, come up an inch. Back down, and I go all the way up. So I'm doing three times the hardest part every rep than all the other goofballs in the gym. Do you know what that's going to do to my chest? I will look like he met. Woo-hoo! Yeah, no, that's actually one of the ones I've seen, and that's one I tried. And, um, yeah, it killed me, like, but it, you could really feel it, like, you know, and I, I loved it. So I actually started to incorporate that for a lot of other exercises. Even my squat, I'd go down, I'd hold, come up slightly, down again, up slightly, and back up. And um, it's crazy how social media, the good side of social media, can have, like, your training methods can influence someone across the other side of the world who's in the same industry, you know? So we're all learning new tricks off each other. It's crazy. Well, I love it. I'm so glad for social media to connect me with professionals like you. But also, I need to tell you something. When I was a young trainer, 22, 23 years old, just starting out in New York, I was kind of a goofball. Remember, I'm coming from a farm in Maine, so I was not a cool cat. As a matter of fact, you want to hear a funny story? This actually happened. I was spotting a woman on my first day in the gym. I wasn't even certified yet. I was just a glorified spotter. And she brought the bar down and doing a bench press and it actually kind of squished her mighty breasts. And then she pushed up and they came up and I got sort of hypnotized watching it go up and down. And by mistake, I said, nice launch pads. <laughs> I mean, I could have been, I could have gotten in a lot of trouble and she looked at me and she knew I didn't mean to say that. And it was okay. But I want you to know that a lot of great trainers in New York city took me under their wing very early on and taught me things. And so the very fact I can share some of our methods with a great guy like you, dude, that makes me so happy. As a matter of fact, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to do this in a public forum. If you come to Hollywood and you come to the ETT Mecca, I will not only teach you our methods that you can bring back as your own to Ireland, but I will use those methods on you so you can see the physical change in days yourself. And that way that will make it real to you. I'm very skeptical. You know, I started doing martial arts when I was 10 years old and I see guys doing all kinds of holds. And you know what I always say? Do it to me. Because if it works on me, I'll know it works. Most of the time it doesn't work on me. But occasionally someone will do something, a martial arts move, and it suddenly works on me. And I think this is great. And I make it part of mine. That's, that's the beauty of martial arts. It's borrowing this and that. That's why Bruce Lee was such an innovator. Bruce Lee was the first guy that was not a purist in martial arts. He gleaned this from over there and this from over there, created Jeet Kune Do, which was almost a mongrel, a hybrid of many different things, boxing, Thai boxing, Shotokan, and he, he's the greatest martial artist of all time. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's nuts, man. And like, if you look at, you know, when I started bodybuilding, you know, we didn't have, 
we didn't have the internet we didn't have the phones you know and it would have definitely been your day like how i learned when when i started i got my info off the bigger guys in the gym when i started going you know but nowadays everything's everything's on your phone everything is but no there's good sides but there's good sides social media like us connecting here we can you know show our work but then you have the downside of it which is the amount of lies that like you know one person if I say something and I'm saying it's scientific fact, if I said the, the earth is round, you'll have someone else pulling up another study saying the earth is flat. You know, right. there's always that side of the lies that people fall from the internet as well. You know, it's crazy. Well, you know, I have had many people say to me in the past, uh, not people I know, but just haters on the internet. If I post a, a method like how to do a jet rep bicep curl, um, where we focus on the destination rather than the uh, journey up and down, you know what kills me, man? I walk into a gym. You know, I travel a lot, so I'll be in Miami or Chicago. I'll be in New York. I'll be in Jacksonville. Wherever I am, I'll, I'll walk into a gym, and I see guys going like this, and they're counting reps. They're focusing on the journey and not the destination. And I say to them, hey, if we went to a party, would you be excited about the drive there or the beautiful women at the party? And they always say, the party. I'm like, yeah, that's right. So let's focus on the destination. Squeeze at the top. I don't care about you coming up and down. I only care about the squeeze, the contraction at the top. Suddenly their arms start to grow. They feel the pump. It's a great feeling. But I'll tell you, man, I've had people look at my methods in the past and they say, oh, this is crazy. This doesn't work, blah, 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 blah. But they forget something. That, they can say that to everyone else in the world except for me because I am constantly judged by producers and directors and studio heads and tour managers. If my work wasn't good, I wouldn't have all those celebrity clients and they wouldn't look good and they wouldn't be happy, but they are, they look great. They're happy. We have a great relationship and we have a booming business here in Hollywood. I feel lucky to be a small part of their success. When I see them up on stage, when I see them on the movie screen, dude, it makes me so happy because they might be artists, you know, musicians and actors, but guess what? I'm an an artist that deals with bodies, man. It's kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what I mean. Like you, as a PT or nutritionist, your art is helping that person transform in their body, you know? So like you're saying there, when you see your client doing well, it's kind of, you feel a bit proud, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean, I have a son who's a great musician. He's 22 years old. When he sends me his new song and I listen to it, that same warm feeling I get in my heart is the same feeling I feel when I see Phil Collin, Def Leppard in his sixties on stage playing guitar, my favorite song with no shirt on, and people are freaking out because he looks so good, dude. It's a good feeling. Really? I know, and that must be hard with him as well because he's he's vegan, isn't he? He is. He's vegan. Yeah. So you you couldn't use any any meat, like so it was all kind of all plant protein as well, which is which can be hard. You know, like I have a lot of vegan clients, and you're trying to mix in to get in the protein requirement, and they're very limited, you know. And it can oh yeah. Be- well, every every year for my birthday, my birthday's in February. Every year for my birthday, I say to Phil, "Hey, man." This year for my birthday, could you give me something really special? And he goes, sure, what would you like? And I said, can you eat egg whites with all the vegetables? And he's like, never. You know, he, he always says no. So there you go. Oh, well. Look, he's sticking to his guns. He's sticking to his guns. So what, what's, the, what's the lockdown like over in California? Well, the lockdown has been very intense for the past 100 days. We've been sort of laying low for nearly three months. And now it's starting to open up a little bit more. Our gym is back open. However, we wear face shields. Um, we wash our hands a lot. I, I hired a new cleaning staff. 
to do nothing but follow me around and clean where I just was. And we've limited the number of, of clients there. So I used to train five or six guys at a time. It was almost like a cocktail party with weights. Like we would be having fun and we'd be working out and we'd be joking around and tackling each other. Well, now we only train between two and three guys per trainer. And uh, yeah, it's great, man. We've had some monster workouts. Even today in the gym, Mike, the bass player from, Nick, from Nickelback, was working out with us. We had guys from Big Time Rush. The White House Chef was there. Uh, the guys from the Shadow Boxers, they're one of my favorite bands. They were there. I mean, we have a really cool crew of men and women that come in every day. And the fact that they're artists, and maybe they're famous in their, in their world, but they don't know each other. They meet each other in the gym. It's a very organic place. It's a very happy place. It's awesome, man. I'm so happy just to be yeah. back. Your, your, your gym, it doesn't look like any other gym, you know what I mean? Um, a lot of gyms, it's, it's usually the commercial gym, they all look the same, but yours looks a lot different. I don't, you don't charge for things like bars or anything like that. You, you make it all kind of inclusive, is it? We do, yeah. So we don't charge a membership fee. You cannot join my gym. It's invitation only. Okay. You know what that means? That means legally, if you come in, because I invited you and I don't like you, I can throw you out and there's nothing you can do because there was no financial uh, exchange between us that's number one number two we don't sell anything at our gym because remember we're dealing with artists who have a higher level of sensitivity so we say to them leave your wallets at home you're not going to pay for bars you're not going to pay for water for energy drinks anything you want is yours for free because here's a little secret all those companies give us their stuff for free because they want our clients having it yeah the only thing they pay for is training and those, premium, those are premium prices. But I'll tell you, man, it changes the dynamic of the gym when they're not nickeling and diming you all the time for everything. Yeah. I'd say so. And uh, you've actually, some of the staff you have, um, they're, very, they're actually very good on camera as well. I've seen, I saw one of them, Jake the trainer, he works for you, yeah? He was, yeah. Um, I saw when he was torn, he went with Journey over to the UK, I think. And I uh -huh. think actually I messaged you and said, are you coming? And you're like, no, nah, I'm sending Jake. I was like, ah. You need to come to Ireland. <laughs> yeah, man. I, you know, um, I really, really vet the, the people that work for me. I mean, I, I, I think long and hard because also our gym is massive. It's a relatively small space with three distinct areas. We have a large gym room. Then we have a huge boxing area with a round ring that's, that's pure white. And then we have a whole wall of martial arts weaponry where we have to train actors how to do that stuff. We have heavy bags. And then we recreated Muscle Beach in Venice in an indoor-outdoor facility there also where it's absolutely beautiful. There's green ivy. There's a red tarp. And our, our weights go up to 185 each. So we've got some really heavy weights. So, you know, realistically, between six and nine trainers can work there at a time. And we have seven guys that work for us, so it's perfect. Um, you know, any, any more than that, it's really, uh, it gets a little too crowded. So I really vet the, the people that work for me. And I say to them, this is not a job. If you take this job, this is a career. Then they come on and they have to apprentice with me for a minimum three months, usually six months before they train anyone. And then if they pass, I give them a huge clientele. Well, you have to, you have to kind of vet them because this is your baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is what you have created and you don't want someone else to come in and tarnish it. Right. Oh yeah. And, and I'll tell you, man, we, we work together as equals. I'm not their boss. We're like a unified team. We're kind of like the Avengers, you know, individually we're superheroes, but together we're a pretty unstoppable force. 
And uh, I can't talk about it right now, but we're about to do something very big and very public as a team away from Los Angeles that will literally put these guys on the map in a way they never have before. So I'm, I'm excited, man. In the next month or so, there's going to be a big announcement and you're going to be like, no way. And I'll be like, wait, dude. Wait. Oh. Oh. Well, look, I can say I heard it here first. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're, a lot of people, a lot of people here in Ireland now, I know well are chewing their fingers off waiting for the gyms to open up here. Um, right. But I don't think about people don't realize you can still grow at home without weights, you know? So give me some of your favorite home exercises. Well, it's funny that you say that because uh, right now on our show, Morning Glory Live, which is live every day uh, at 10 o'clock in the morning, Los Angeles time, Monday through Friday, we do home workouts. And when I do a one-arm row with everybody on the call, and there are usually 15 countries represented from all over the world. We have Hungarians, we have a ton in Europe, I mean, they're all over Canada, all over the United States, um, all over all over the UK. You know, some people don't have weights at home, so they grab a one-gallon jug of milk, and they do one-arm rows with that. Some people don't have weights for shoulder presses, so they grab two giant cans of beans, and they go up and down. We have had people lose, uh, like there was one woman who last month lost 25 pounds working out with us at home in these classes, and uh, she has no weights or no equipment. So I say, if you're stuck at home and you can't, you don't have access to, to a gym, my favorite exercise of all time is the push-up. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but I did 40,000 push-ups to raise money for charity a few years. I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you actually, you're a bit of a beast there with the push-ups. You just kept going and going, man. <laughs> Listen, man, I love push-ups the way you love your wife. And last time I checked, you guys are happily married. Yeah, but I'm in the army, so you must realize I hate push-ups because I had to do so many of them. <laughs> well, here's the good news, man. I'm your new friend. I'll do all your push-ups for you because I love them that much. Bring you over here and we get you doing the push-ups. <laughs> yep, I love the push-ups. I love dips off the side of a chair. I love what we call chase the rabbit, where I find myself in a push-up position and my legs go back and forth. It's a great cardiovascular yeah. exercise, but it also works the abdominals. I like to do leg raises, but I do them with my feet in a V as in victory, and I pull the toes back, which really gets the side of the abdominals. I also love pull-ups, and so I go to a stairwell or I go to a place where I can pull myself up. I do a lot of pull-ups. It's great. Yeah. Super fun, man. And I also do a lot of lateral raise for shoulders. I like to come straight out to the side. It's awesome. What I have running at the moment with my clients, I have a lockdown challenge. Uh -huh. I have this running, and it's... Um, it's the same. Well, nutrition is what I kind of get them to focus on, but it's home workouts that I get them to do, and it's progression. But it's the same. It's no equipment. It's um, bottles of water. Mm -hmm. Bottles of water, chairs, you know, and there's so many things you can do at home. It's just you don't always eat gym, but it, obviously the gym is easier. I would much prefer a gym. I don't like training at home myself because I see I see as that's bringing something into my relaxation area. You know what I mean? It's right. This is where I relax. I don't want to, it's like, you don't want to bring your work home, but sometimes you have to, but. I totally agree. You know, the other thing I was going to tell you, and I think your viewers and listeners will like this, is we just initiated something new called the MS Fitness Challenge. And what this is, is there's a guy named David Lyons. You've probably heard of him. He's a fitness guy like you and I, but he's older. He's in his early to mid sixties. Well, seven years ago, uh, he actually woke up one morning and said to his beautiful wife, 
I don't feel well. Like, I feel like my grip is not as strong and I'm not feeling myself. He went to the doctor, had a battery of tests. It turns out he got MS. He doesn't know how it happened, but he now suffers with MS. As soon as that happened, and dude, he's a guy like us. He decided to dedicate his life to helping people with MS rally against the disease by exercising. So he trains his whole clientele are people with MS. So he initiated something recently called the MS Fitness Challenge, which is a push-up competition where you get people to sponsor you $1 per push-up. His goal is to raise $100,000 worldwide to, to pay for trainers that are going to train people specifically with MS. And I think it's a great, great cause. So I signed on as one of the spokespeople. And also, have you ever seen a show called Shark Tank? Um, I, I don't think so. Oh, there's a popular show called Shark Tank. Well, Damon John, who's a billionaire, he signed on as a spokesperson. And then some bodybuilder you probably never heard of named Lou Ferrigno, the Incredible Hulk, <laughs> he signed on as a, uh, as a spokesperson. So we're trying to promote this. And I was going to tell you, man, I want you involved. So if you go to my Instagram and you click on my bio, you'll see a link that says MS Fitness Challenge. I want your, I want your listeners and your viewers to sponsor you $1 per push-up. So they could sponsor you $10. You could do 10 push-ups. Or if, if you're unlucky enough that they sponsor you $100, you'll have to do 100 push-ups. I know you don't like them. But if you could help us raise money to, uh, to help people with MS, that would be so exciting. No, that's a good idea. I like it. I'm, I'm happy to get on board with that, yeah? Awesome, because we don't have anyone in Ireland yet, and you'll be our first, dude. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm already working for you. Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, look, Eric, that's all, that's all the questions I have here, and I'm delighted you came on the show. It was great talking to you. Your personality outshines. <laughs> Come on. It's brilliant, man. No, you are. You're... you're you're a pleasure to talk to, and you're very easy to talk to. So you know, it's well, good to talk to other trainers like that in this industry. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to come on your show. Remember that at the heart of hearts within me, I'm a guy that grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere where it was cold. And my girlfriend in high school looked kind of like you do right now. So I'm so thrilled to be in Los Angeles where women don't have beards and where <laughs> it's not freezing cold. And so I, I have that high level of gratitude every morning when I wake up and I look at my beautiful fiance and I'm like, woohoo, it worked out, it worked out. But, um, but dude, I'm serious, man. You better come to LA and hang out with me, man. We have, a lot of, we have a lot of important work to do in the world. And right now we have projects going in China. We have projects in Budapest. We have projects in the, in the Middle East. We're becoming much more of a global presence and a global brand. And so I'd love to pull you into some of that stuff. Yeah, you, you get me a job on the set there, I'll be straight over. <laughs> All right, man. Be careful what you wish for. I know, yeah, you'll be back with someone famous. I'll go, will you train him? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, man. There, look, experiences. Life is for experiences. I wouldn't say no. Oh, yeah. You want to hear a funny story? There's a guy named Dave Lieberman who was a former Mr. Ohio. He lives here in the States. He lives in Ohio. He's basically the best trainer and the coolest bodybuilder in all of Ohio. Uh, he, he cornered me at a fitness convention and he said, Eric, you know, you train the guy from the Karate Kid, Marty Cove. Remember, sweep the leg, Johnny. And he yeah. goes, he said, that is my favorite actor of all time. And I just want to say, dude, you're so lucky to work out with that guy. Well, the next day when I had my session with Marty Cove, we FaceTimed with that guy. 
We called him and we're like, I, I said, hey, Dave, there's someone who wants to talk to you. The next thing you know, he's talking to his, to his favorite actor. And so that stuff happens all the time. You know, these actors are thrilled to have a fan base. They know that they need an audience to go to the movies when they do a film. And so all of us have a great, great camaraderie. And I'd love for you to be part of that. Oh, I'd love it too. I'd love it Excellent, too. Man. Oh, we'll stay in touch. Start throwing the jobs my way. <laughs> Excellent, man. You know it, man. And if I come to Ireland, we're working out. Yeah, fact. You come to my house, I'll bring you to the gym. Woohoo! Awesome, man. Keep up, keep up the good work, man. Keep up the good work. And thank you again for your service. I know you're in the military. That's so cool, dude. Thank you so much for doing that. Look, like you said, help people. It's in our genes. <laughs> I love it, dude. Nice. Have a great weekend. And thanks again for the chance to be on your show. You too, man. Thanks. All right. Take care. Take care. And that's it for this week's episode of the Peter O'Halloran Podcast. If you'd like to contact me, you can get me on Twitter and Instagram at Peter O'Halloran underscore. Or if you have any questions about nutrition plans and so on, you can get me on the social media as I just mentioned, or you can visit pptnutrition.com. Take care. See you next time.